Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. This morning, we're going to be talking about the beginning the beginning and if you have your bibles we'll be going to the book of mark in just a moment uh but before we go there let me let, let let me ask you a question okay let's see what if now just imagine with me all right put yourself in the place of a little child jesus said except you become as a child you know you really may not understand see or enter or or, or or enjoy fully enjoy the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of god so if you can just just put on your little childlike mind for just a moment and imagine with me what if what if i could give you a gift and the gift that i would give you would be power to create what you wanted. Wow. And the way you would create it was with your words. Okay? What if I could give you a gift so that your words had power to create? So that you could, you know, you could, you could make yourself or other people, you could make them feel better or you could make them feel worse. Either one. Just by your words. What if I gave you the power? What if I could give you a gift this morning that, that, that your words would have creative power and they would move life along on whichever course you chose to move life along on? Now, I wouldn't be giving you this gift, by the way, just so you could get a new house. That's not, but, but, but I'd rather be giving it uh, to you so that you could help God accomplish his plan. So that you could be, you know, uh, you, you, you would have more control over your emotions, more control over your actions, more control over the results. You also could, you know, push, you know, with, with, this, with this power that I want to give you, you could, you know, push obstacles out of the way. You know, I mean, you, you might have to push hard, but especially if you could get someone else that had that same power with you and, and maybe push some mountains out of the way. What if I were to give you the power, not just so your words, but what you thought about yourself and what you thought about other people would actually move the ball farther down the court toward the goal that you had in mind. What if I had a gift that I could give you this morning that your words had the power of life and death, that you could bless your friends and curse your enemies? What if I could give you that power? What would you do with it? What would you do with it? Now, if you had the ability to create things, what would what, you know? What would you do with your words? Uh, you know, would you, you know, make people feel better or worse, or would you make yourself feel better or worse? That even your thoughts had power. Or would you, you know, what would you do? Well, I got some good news and some bad news for you this morning. Okay, some of you've already figured out that the good news is God has given you that power. The bad news is, is that it's working. That's supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
The bad news is, is that it's really working. And your words are making other people feel better or worse. They are moving them closer to the plan of God or farther away from the plan of God. I'm not talking about the level of confession that you're going to try to just get diamond rings and Cadillacs. That's, that's you know, uh, don't, don't go there. Although it might work. God, cre- you know, creates the fruit of the lips. And, you know, and, and, and Proverbs does tell us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. But that's not what it's intended for. It's intended to move the plan of God a little farther, to keep you in a place to where you are not sabotaging the blessings of God in your life or the joy, the peace, the goodness that God wants to share with others. It deals with how we think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It deals with, with, how, with, with what we say so that we might be encouraged to speak that which is good to the use of edifying that it might minister grace to the hearers and not death. It might be, you know, that, that we need to pay a little attention here in 2021 uh, to, to the power God has given us, to the opportunity God has given us. Because I guarantee you, the Word of God is working. That power is currently at work in your life. And in 2021, it is my hope to increase that, to increase your you know, realization and your participation in the plan of God for your life, in the plan of God for others and his kingdom. Well, Happy New Year, by the way. And in case you uh, hadn't realized it, this is a wonderful opportunity. 2021 is a blank slate right now, okay? It, it is a blank slate. It is, it, is, it is empty. Now, God has a plan. So does the devil, okay? Uh, you know, uh, that, that, both of them have plans. Both of them have plans for your life. Do you know that the devil has a plan for your life this year? That's right. Do you know that God has a plan for your life this year? And there might even be, you know, your, your mother-in-law might even have a plan for your life this year. I don't know. I know uh, my, my, uh, one of my pastor friends at Church on the Rock in Pascagoula, Mississippi, uh, uh, he'll be preaching for us this year. Uh, he tells his congregation, you know, uh, uh, Jesus loves you and I have a plan for your life. <laughs> And it's worked. My goodness, he has mobilized a, a great army there. And every time I go there and share, they're always out doing something and wonderful and great for others. And, uh, but, you know, there are so many plans for your life. You might have a plan for your life. God definitely has a plan for your life this year. And right now, it's a blank slate. And uh, have you decided what you're going to write on your life? Have you decided what you're going to write on this blank slate this year? Have you, have you even thought about it? I mean, I, I know it seems as though that New Year's resolutions are kind of, you know, uh, I kind of resolved back in 19. 1987 not to have any more New Year's resolutions and that's kind of worked real good for me but uh, you know it might be worth taking a little time to take a look at some of your life goals whether they have been stated or whether you just plan on keep going the same direction some of you have been drifting in a certain direction and and some of you have been pursuing uh, something and maybe just because you know uh, December ended and January began and a new year opened up for us uh, perhaps you're just going to imagine just continue drifting that 
way. But listen, life is too precious and time is too short for us to allow ourselves to drift in some wind of some current trend or some past uh, you know, a, 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 a position of life. It's important that we take some time because we have been given an incredible opportunity. We have a once every year opportunity to get things right for the next year. But God has been given us an incredible opportunity with this new year to start it off right. And, and if you've been wondering what insights that God has given me uh, for the new year, then I can confidently assure you that 2021 is going to be pretty much whatever you make out of it. Okay? Good news, bad news. 2021, like most other things, uh, collectively and individually, is going to be pretty much the way it always has been. There are going to be good days and bad days. There's going to be happy days and sad days. There's going to be some ups and some downs. There's going to be some increases and some decreases. You know, there's going to be some tribulations, some tests, some trials, and some victories. But at the end of the day, whenever you close the door on that day and lay your head on your pillow, I guarantee you, you're going to be stuck with you, perhaps your family, some others, and it's going to be pretty much what you make out of it. And God has given this opportunity, us, as he said, you know, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. But that's something that is a personal choice. Of course, life has always been that way. I meet people in the same boat with me, and some of them are happier than I am, and some of them are sadder than I am. Some of them are, you know, excited about tomorrow, and some of them are worried about tomorrow. And they seem to be in the very same boat. It seems to me that people take charge of their lives, and it's very important for us to realize that, that history has proven that people who are going to be successful possess a will and a determination to overcome the obstacles in their life and to somehow collect enough joy to give them energy to get over those humps of life. That's the way it works. We don't get to choose what we go through. Through, but we do get to decide how we go through it and it's an everyday choice sometimes more than once a day as for me in my house in the year 2021 I have decided that we are going to serve the Lord and I've decided that we're going to serve the Lord with power with confidence and with courage in 2021 I'm going to serve the Lord with power. I've, I've, I've decided, uh, you know, last year I kind of wimped out a little bit. I don't know about you, but last year I kind of just, you know, I just kind of just, uh, I don't know, I felt like I settled. Even though I was pressing, uh, you know, settling for me might be running for some other people. But I felt as though that I wasn't, I, I wasn't hitting life hard enough, you know. I, I just felt that way. And I kind of apologized to God. And I said, okay, in 2021, Lord, when 2021 came about, I decided that I was going to serve the Lord this year with more power. Why? Because it's available. It's there and I may as well and I can move some mountains my goodness I can move mountains in my life and I can move mountains in my family's life and in, and, and in other people I, I can contribute I can participate I can do that and so I'm going to serve the Lord with power and I'm going to serve the Lord with confidence I am certain that God has a plan for my life and I'm certain it's a good plan I'm certain that God has a plan for your life and I'm certain that I'm going to take advantage of God's plan for my life in as much as I can on a daily basis and I want to be an encouragement to you to do the same I want to give you some tools this year I want to in, uh, continue to encourage you to increase in strength and in confidence and in full knowledge that God is with you every step that you have not climbed your highest mountain you have not yet accomplished your greatest uh, feat uh, you are on your way to your greatest day that is the truth I believe it and with 
confidence we are going to approach. As a church, we're going to approach this new year with power, with strength, the strength of the Lord, and with confidence. And we are going to also be courageous. It takes courage to get up and to press forward. After the things that our nation has been through, after the things that, that, that our world has been through, after these things that we have seen, listen, it's not going to leave me disappointed. I'm not going to get frustrated, aggravated, irritated, and leave it there. I'm going to get motivated. And we as a church, and you as an individual, if you will just you know, uh, uh, allow me to speak into your ear, it will trickle down into your heart, and it will change your life. That's the way the seeds do. If you went out here with a with, with, with with, you know, with a handful of Bermuda grass seed. Okay? It's so small. But if you walked across this parking lot with a handful of it, you know, uh, 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 no doubt some of them would drop out. Some of them would hit on concrete and do nothing. But some of them would find a crack in that parking lot. And when they touched soil, we'd walk out across there in 30 days and you'd see Bermuda grass growing up. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. It's like seed, okay? It's, it, it finds the ground. And although you do not know how, you wake and sleep and wake and sleep and you don't even know how, you're not even paying attention. The Bible says, yet it brings forth. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. You know, this is the process that God has given us. And, and uh, the Word of God is seed. You cannot help this year but come and sit in this church or watch online. You cannot help it. Some of the seed of God's Word, because that's what we stick to this year, some of the seed of God's Word is going to find a crack in your uh, world, in your heart, in your mind, and it's going to hit solid ground. And you're going to find that the seed of God is going to grow up and it'll produce faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And you'll get more confident. You'll get more courageous. You'll get more bold. And you will find yourself becoming more like God even if you don't try. What if you were to go out there on that parking lot of your life and pull out that concrete and take out the rocks and break up that fallow ground and make it a fertile place? And what if, the, as, as, as a sower of the seed which God has made me, what if I didn't keep it in my hand but I began to broadcast it out there on your fertile soil in your life? What if you actually opened up your mind and opened up your heart? What if you came to church with a willingness and a desire to just receive more of the Word of God? What if you took a personal responsibility each week of, of taking the weeds out that the enemy sows in your life? What if you took it out and what if you allowed yourself to water it and, 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 and went in places and, and gathered people around you that would water that and, and, and you cultivated it? You could grow an amazing crop. That's the will of God. That's the plan of God for your life. And this year, I promise you, I'm going to do my part. Do more than just show up. Do more than just tune in. Open up your heart. Today, God has a word for you. We've been given great authority by the creator of the universe. We've been given the authority to act in his name on the earth. Isn't that amazing? Beginning to live your best life, if I may use that term without offending anyone. But it's a reality, no matter who says it. Beginning to live your best life might just be one decision away. Begin today. 
Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but you shall receive power. What do you get? You get power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses, living witnesses. That's what that means. Martyrs. Martyrs are not dead people in this sense. They are living as though they were dead. Living witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and the end of the earth. You will begin to affect yourself, your family, your community, your neighbors, and ultimately the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because each one of us has received that living witness on the inside of us. If you have been born again, if you have called upon Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you have the living witness of the Holy Spirit on, on the inside of you, resident on the inside of you. You have been given power to be a witness. And I believe with all of my heart, God has a specific plan for your life. And if you've not been born again, then ask Jesus to come into you. Don't go into 2021 lost. Don't do that. Don't risk that. Ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and your life. He will. When you realize that you need a Savior, you repent of your sins, and you receive Jesus by faith. Just for simply asking, Jesus will save your soul. And the Holy Spirit becomes resident in your life. And then, if you will pray and ask him to fill you with that baptism of the Holy Spirit, that release is, 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 is so much, uh, you know, it, it, that experience is powerful. And uh, we'll talk about that in, in, in just a moment. But this power is activated when we speak in faith. As I shared just a little bit earlier, Proverbs 18, verse 21, says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, now, the power of God is activated when we speak in faith. Even though we have a resident power on the inside of us, it is activated when we speak in faith. In fact, the Bible tells us that that's how we actually get saved. You know, we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. Uh, you know, uh, and, and, and many times, um, you know, for, for those, well, what about those who, who can't speak? Well, uh, God hears the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And as they make their confession whether it's verbally or whether it's in their heart to God that brings a power of salvation and if it works for salvation it will work for other things that are critical to God's plan as well God wants you to work with him he wants you to know his word speak his word and speak his will over your life and over your family he really does need you to speak to the mountains that are standing in his way Standing in the way of his will. As I said, God has a will for your life this year, and so does the devil. And God has given us. He's, he's ordained us. He's anointed us. He's deputized us, as it were. He's called us. He's commissioned us to speak in his name and to speak to the mountains that stand in the way of his will. We either agree with, with you know, we're, we're going to agree with someone's will for our life. Whether it's our own or whether it's, you know, our own plan or whether it's, you know, some other person's plan or the devil's plan. Or, you know, we're going to agree with someone. Why not agree with God's plan this year? You see, we must become the agent of our own uplift wherever you are in life, no matter what's going on in your life, from whatever race, culture, custom, from whatever economic strata, from, from whatever uh, background you may have, from whatever past or whatever present situation you are in, without respect to anything else, you must become the agent of your own uplift by partnering with God 
and accomplishing his plan for your life. Each one of us individually and even more collectively, we hold that power to set the tone for our own life. You can talk yourself into being sad, mad, angry, happy. You can talk yourself into forgiving other people or you can talk yourself into bitterness. You, that's your responsibility. God gave that gift to you. The next few weeks, we're going to be sharing on Sunday mornings from the book of Mark. We're going to make Jesus front and center in everything that we do this year. On Sunday mornings, we're going to fill ourselves up. We're going to stockpile our arsenal, arsenal of God's will for our life. And we're going to find out what God wants from us by seeing what he did, the example Jesus showed us. And uh, as I said, these next few weeks as we do this, it's going to challenge you in your personal life. But if you will keep your heart open to God, there's no way that you cannot begin to change to be more like him. There's no way that you cannot begin to impact and affect others in your life, in your workplace, at school, online, wherever you may go and whoever you may influence, you will not be the same. You will be better. You'll be more powerful, more confident, more courageous. Your life will take on a different glow. You you will uh, begin to see a different hope, a greater hope, God's hope growing on the inside of you. You will find yourself having victory over circumstances, situations, over other things that, 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 that have pushed in on you, trying to get you to buy into the devil's plan for your life or, or some lesser goal in life. You will find all of a sudden heaven opening up and things looking brighter and happier. You will find that even in the midst of trials and tribulation, you will have a peace that passes all understanding. You will end up with joy that's unspeakable and full of glory if you will follow this path. That's a guarantee not from me, but from God. This is what having faith is all about. And God has trusted us with this great power, a power so great that we can change ourselves to be more like him. That's how great it is, that we could reflect the image of Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, now let's begin our study this morning of the gospel of Mark and remember now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. If you just open up your, your, your mind to hear this, it will have an impact in your life. It will grow. Okay? Well, in Mark, the first chapter, uh, some of you need a little background. I'll give you a little background as we go along because I, I love that kind of thing. Okay? Uh, Mark here, Mark is probably in his early 50s. Okay, I'll give you a little background now. I can't help it. Okay, Mark is probably in his early 50s, 51, 52. Uh, Mark had had a, 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 you know, a little more difficult spiritual life at one point when he was younger. So much so that the Apostle Paul didn't even want to associate with him anymore. Okay, he, he was a disappointment to his church. He even caused the church a little division in Antioch whenever you know he didn't go with he, he didn't finish the missionary trip and then Paul and Barnabas divided over Mark but now Mark is older and Mark has restored relationship and the Apostle Paul and him are you know doing well together and Mark finds himself in Rome right here in about as I said uh, well he's he's about 50 51 52 and this is probably about the year give or take the year 60. Some people imagine 56 all the way to 64. 
okay? But probably around the year 60, 61. And Mark decides that he's going to write a declaration, a proclamation. He's going to uh, write a testament, a testimony. And he's going to write it different than Matthew, Luke, or John. He's not going to include the genealogy that, that Matthew did because he's not writing to Jews. He's in Rome. He's writing to the group of people he's around. He's writing to Gentiles. He's writing to this Roman population. In fact, many scholars believe that this was originally written in Latin. But whether, rather, you know, whether or not it was in Latin or Greek, either one, it was still the common language of the people that he was around. Bear in mind... And I'll mention it again a little bit later that Christianity is not a popular group. Christians are not in favor in this time. If indeed this is given the date of 64, that's the year that Rome burned and Nero began to blame the Christians and great persecution such as never been seen happened in Rome under Nero. Mark is in Rome. He's writing this. And he goes, he, he skips so many things. He doesn't, he doesn't talk, he doesn't major on what Jesus said, although he includes a few things Jesus said, but he majors rather on what Jesus does. Okay? Now, Mark has changed. Mark has grown up. Mark has matured. And Mark has decided that he's going to serve Christ with power, with confidence, and with courage. Just look at what he says. Look how he, in Rome, disfavored, a disfavored group, a persecuted group, a group that is about to, you know, face execution in every way, being blamed for everything. Here Mark says in verse 1, in the beginning of the gospel, or, or the beginning, that's where I got my title, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, hold it there. Everyone knows who Jesus is. Jesus is not a, a you know, a, a, a fictitious, uh, uh, you know, individual. Everyone, I mean, the whole world had been divided over Jesus, okay? Everybody understood who Jesus But here, he is identifying and he is saying the beginning of the gospel, the beginning of the glad tidings, the beginning of this good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. Christ means the anointed. What he's saying, the beginning of the good news that God, the anointed Savior, you know, I, I mean, he's, he's, he's pointing out Jesus. And then look what he says. The Son of God. Now, hold on. We read over this. You have probably read it I don't know how many times. I have read it I don't know how many times. And we read over this. No. This is meant to grab the attention of the reader like nothing else. This is meant to set the tone of this whole declaration, of this whole proclamation, of this whole letter. This is meant to identify Paul is coming out. Paul is coming out of the closet. Paul can't be a closet Christian anymore. Paul is stepping out into the public arena and he is making a public declaration saying that Jesus is the Christ, 
the Son of God. Oh, my goodness. He has just signed his death warrant. But he's no longer going to live in a closet, no longer going to be shy, no longer going to be you know, ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, just this one, opening up with just this one sentence, put him on a list. This is big in Rome. He's living right there, right there where Nero lives. Nero, the most, the, the, the most horrible. Listen, this man was, you, know, you can't imagine. This man, Nero, hated Christians. Hated them with a He hated everybody, though. You know, he murdered his wife. He murdered his brother-in-law. He murdered his mom. He fixed it so her ship would sink. And then when she swam to shore, that upset him so much, he just went ahead and executed her. He murdered his next wife. He married a woman... I like her name. I think it was named, I'm going to call her Sabina Propina. I think that's close to it. Uh, you, you can Google. He married this woman, and she became pregnant, and he got mad at her and kicked her to death, killing also the child in her womb. This is Nero. He was a mean young man. And then... He saw a man walking down the street that reminded him of his wife that he kicked to death. Huh. So he took the man with his you know, power as the emperor and castrated the man and married him. And then he took Christians and put them on popsicle sticks and stuck it in the ground to light and set them on fire, doused them with, 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 uh, with uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, oil, you know, and set them on fire to light his new gardens. This was a mean man. He hated Christians. He blamed them for everything. And here Mark is stepping out in Rome, writing so that the Romans, writing to the Romans in, 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 the, in the common language, and he's saying, I and making a statement, a declaration that Jesus is God the Savior, the anointed Savior of mankind, and that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, I want you to know where I stand. Wow. How many of you could survive work or school if you were to make that same statement? How many of you could write that in a paper in a university in America today and not get a failing grade? It didn't cost Paul an F on his paper. He's putting his life on the line. He has decided that he's going to serve the Lord with power, with confidence, with boldness. And he's going to tell the story of Jesus Christ in a way that he's not ashamed. In the beginning, this is not the beginning of, of the world it's the beginning of the gospel. In the beginning of the gospel. You know, oh, wow. In the beginning, verse 2. As it is written in the prophets, 
Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. You know, he says here, you know, this is the beginning of the gospel. He's setting it up. He's going to go right to the heart of it. Acts 1.22 uh, talks about, you know, uh, in, in the beginning of the gospel from the time of John the Baptist and the baptism of Jesus, you know. And he's, he's, he's saying this is where the gospel of Christ really began is when God began to unfold his message. But he goes straight to the prophets. There are two prophets here that he quotes. The first prophet that he quotes, uh, it uh, confirms in, in verse 3 an 800-year-old prophecy Mark reaches back to. 800 years Recorded by Isaiah in Isaiah 40, verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Uh, he, he quoted in verse 3, he quoted this 800-year-old prophecy. And then, verse 2, he quoted a 400-year-old prophecy from Malachi, chapter 3 and verse 1, that says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Wow. Now, all accounts in the rest of the book of Mark, and even in the whole New Testament, and indeed the Word of God, confirm this same message. And it's a message for 2021, just as much as it was 800 years earlier, 400 years before Christ, and 2,000 years since Mark wrote this. It is the same message. The Lord is coming. Someone asks you about, what's the message for 2021? Tell them, the Lord is coming! <laughs> Prepare. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it's all about. That's what Mark is trying to do. That's why Mark is, is stepping out into the public arena because he understands the necessity for people to be prepared for the Lord to come and to come suddenly to his temple. What is the temple? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a building. You are lively stones built together as a habitation of the Lord by the Spirit. You are the spiritual house of God. You, me, together, we make up the temple. And the Lord will suddenly just as certain. You know, the Jews of that day had 800 years warning. They had 400 years warning. We today, just from Mark's writing alone, we have 2,000 years warning that the Lord is coming. And what should we do? He's coming. He's coming in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. He's coming. He is coming. And whether he comes for everybody or not, he is coming for you in your lifetime. The Lord is coming. He is coming for your neighbor in their lifetime. He is coming for your taxi driver in their lifetime. He is coming for your fellow student in their lifetime. He is coming for your university professor in their lifetime. He is coming for your supervisor in their lifetime. He is coming for your coworker in their lifetime. He he is coming for your mother, for your brother, for your sister. He is coming for your dad. He is coming for your grandparents and your grandchildren in their lifetime. My goodness, it is time that we step out because he will come suddenly. And it's time that we get into a more public arena and begin to declare that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It is the only power of salvation. 
I told you a few weeks ago there are two ways to get to heaven. There are two definite ways to get to heaven. One of them is to be perfect. You missed that boat. Only Jesus. He was perfect, and that's why he's there. If he hadn't been perfect, he wouldn't be there. The other way to get to heaven is to be perfected. And the only way to be perfected is in Christ. To come into Christ. This salvation message, this gospel message. Listen, after Mark had lived this, you know, um, uh, this, this life. You know, this is not intended, by the way, to be a salvation message. Okay, I didn't intend for it to be a salvation message. I meant for this to be a message of dedication, not salvation, but of dedication. I'm talking to the Marks out here. I'm talking to the, the John Marks, who although perhaps early in life or at some point in life may have been uh, you know, a, a, a less than what some other preacher or some other church thought you should have been. Maybe you failed. Maybe, maybe you, you, you weren't as strong. Maybe you were weak. Maybe you didn't uh, you know, uh, become you know, the Christian as soon as uh, you know, the, the, whatever they needed on their missionary journey. Maybe you have not been as strong, as powerful, as confident as you should have been in the past. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to those who have not been at their best, who have known the truth, but have not really been uh, always a reflection of that truth or the strength of that truth or the power of that truth, not been exactly everything that God needed to be. That's who I'm talking to this morning. You know, Mark made a lot of mistakes in his early life. So many, in fact, as I said, that the Apostle Paul refused to associate with him. And Mark even caused division in one of the churches in Antioch between Barnabas and Saul so that the church had to choose which one that they were going to support. It seems Mark, however, got back on track. I believe he got back on track as a result of the relationships that he chose to have. Mark, if you follow him through the New Testament, you'll see he surrounded himself. He got right back in there. He surrounded himself with men like Barnabas and men like Peter. He traveled with Peter. He went again and came to, to Paul and served Paul. He surrounded himself with men of God who would speak truth and would speak the word of God into his life. He understood that he needed to grow. He needed to mature. He needed to get stronger. And what he needed to do is to fellowship and associate with people of like precious faith. And so he surrounded himself with with. with, with, with people who were valuable in his process and valuable to the plan of God in his life. People who were committed to the church. You see, let me tell you about the church. The church is the only thing that guarantees future generations know about Jesus. You can live your life individually and independently and go to heaven as a Christian, but you cannot guarantee the next generation will know Christ if you don't get involved in a church and if you don't support a church and if you don't lift up a church and pray for a church and go and, 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 and support. You, you can't guarantee that one more generation is going to know the blessed Savior because God has chosen the church as a vehicle from generation to generation to bridge all of, of, of humankind's life on planet earth up until it be taken out of the way. This is the will of God. And every person that he surrounded himself with was a church planter, was a church person. It, it worked in his life. At some point, Paul decided that he needed to be a part of that. No doubt this led him to make his faith a matter of public record. 
No doubt, even in the midst of all of this persecution, he decided to step out and make his declaration. Let me ask you, you know, are you prepared for the coming of the Lord? And, you know, what are you doing to help others get prepared? Are you prepared for the coming of the Lord or are you still struggling in this life? Are you struggling with this life? Wherever you are at this point, there are three things this morning in closing that I'm going to ask you to do. Three things I'm going to ask you to consider in the very beginning of this year. These are things you can do. Number one, I'm going to ask yourself to surround yourself with godly Christians who are committed to church. They will encourage you in a way that other people won't. This is a recipe. It was Mark's recipe. You see, Mark, the year that he wrote this, he was in Rome. We're told that he leaves Rome. And he decides that he is going to do what his mentors did. And the early church fathers in their writings tell us that he walked sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. They called him an evangelist. And he evangelized on his journey from Rome all the way to Alexandria, Egypt. And when he got to Alexandria, Egypt, he planted a church there. He evangelized a community, he started a church, and he became pastor of the church in Alexandria, Egypt. And in that year, he died. But his church blessed the nations for generations. Mark, he surrounded himself with godly Christians who were committed to church. And what he did lasted beyond his lifetime. Number two, I'm going to ask you to make a public confession of your faith in Jesus as the anointed Son of God. I'm going to ask you to make it over and over and over and over and over. I'm going to ask you to make it on a daily, a weekly basis. With every opportunity, I'm going to ask you to interject the fact that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That should be enough. That you believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world and the Son of Almighty God. If you will make that a public, a part of your public profession, public confession, it will cause you trouble. Hello. The Bible says, All who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You might say, well, I'm not being persecuted. Reckon why? Hello? Come on now. I'm not asking you to embrace persecution. I'm just asking you to not be afraid of it. To live this year with some power, some confidence, and some courage. And then I'm going to ask you a third thing. To begin writing God's will for your life on the still blank slate of 2021 begin writing how do you do that through prayer faith and the words of your mouth serve the Lord with power confidence and courage 
And don't be your worst enemy. Become your best friend. And become Jesus' best friend. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.